Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of Acts, chapter 21. Here's Pastor Ryan. We don't fast and pray every day, but once in a while we feel led, like there's something not right in the world, there's something not right with me, I'm in need of more closeness to God, I'm going to deny myself food, just drink liquids, and seek the Lord in prayer. And when my body starts telling me, eat, eat, I tell it to be quiet, it's not the boss of me, and I pray. And I come closer to God. And what happens? He strengthens the inner man or woman. And all of a sudden, we're, we become, in, in a sense, more committed, more aware, more on fire for the Lord. And we have to be self-aware. And that's a kind of a term that's thrown around in these days, right? Have some self-awareness. I think as Christians, we should. Am I lacking love? Am I lacking hope? Am I lacking faith? Am I lacking strength? Maybe it's time for me to rededicate, reanalyze where I am spiritually. Like the psalmist wrote, Psalm 76, 11, Make vows to the Lord your God and pay them. Let all who are around him bring presents to him who ought to be feared. Don't stop making vows to the Lord. Recommit. Be passionate for him. It's, it's a good thing. So Paul took the men and the next day, having been purified with them. And, and so we, we don't know exactly what vow he, they took, but because they, their heads needed to be shaved, we think it's, it's a Nazareth vow spoken of in number six. And again, that speaks of just being fully committed, fully committed. Be fully committed. It's the only way that we experience abundant life in Christ. Fully committed to the Lord. Fully abiding in Christ. I have seen, I've experienced a life that isn't abundant, even as a believer, because my dedication, my commitment wasn't where God wanted it to be. And I think God will remove peace, will remove strength from us, so that we turn to him and draw closer to him like we ought to. Amen? Now, when the seven days were almost ended, verse 27, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, the law, and this place. And furthermore, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, with him in the city, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was disturbed. And the people ran together, seized Paul, and dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the door shut. Wow! The Lord was right. They wasted no time laying hold of Paul. Amen? The Holy Spirit warned him. And, and immediately when they saw him, these Jews from Ephesus, where God did a powerful work through Paul, and many Jews came to know Christ there, they see him and they say, they scream, help, let's take this guy out. And they, they throw false charges at him. They charged him with talking against 
the temple, which Paul never did, against the law, against his own people. They charged him with bringing a Gentile, Trophimus, into the inner court, which he did not bring into the inner court. He didn't do that. For those of you who don't know, around the temple there was a, uh, an area for, for the Jews, the court of Israel, but beyond that, the outer court was the court of the Gentiles. And it was a capital offense for a Gentile to go from the outer court into the inner court. It was a big to-do with the religious Jews. It was so big that the Romans gave them authority to carry out capital punishment if any Gentile was to go into the inner courts. They actually found ancient posts from the temple with inscriptions that said, if, warning to the Gentiles, it is your fault if you pass this barrier and are killed for it. So it was a really big deal. And they are they are charging Paul with bringing in a Gentile into the inner court. When I think of this madness, I think of how good our God is and how Jesus came to break down walls of separation. Gentile courts, Jewish courts. In Christ, none of that matters anymore. There's one court. Those who believe in Jesus Christ and those who do not. He makes us one. Amen? And I'm not talking about border walls. Border walls, and I know it's a hot topic, but I don't want to be a pastor that ignores topics that are happening today. God, first of all, for those of you who don't know, the Bible teaches us that God made the nations. If you ever go to Europe, and you want to go to Belgium from France, or Spain. You think they're just going to let you in their countries? No. You need a passport. They, they're going to find out who you are everywhere. Because God made the nations. The world, the devil says, we are the world, da 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 forget nations. No, 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 no. God made the nations. And the nations will honor Christ one day. As a Mexican-American, Arab, Hawaiian, whatever you want to whatever I am. In my grandpa's house in Tijuana, he had, a, he had a perimeter wall around his house. And on that wall, he had broken glass glued to it. You ever see that in, in Tejuas? Broken glass, boom. They, and they, the bottom part, they glue it. Bah, 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 all around the perimeter. For safety. For safety. So when they say a wall for nations is racist, don't believe the hype. If you do, then take the locks off your door, take your fence down, and let anybody in your house. You would never do that. Never. Never. But that's how the world thinks. But anyways, I digress. Back to the text. Walls of separation between the color of our skin God comes and tears that to shreds. And there was a wall of separation between Jew and Gentile that Paul speaks so eloquently in, in Galatians and 
and in various places, that we become one in Christ. We become one in Christ. Galatians 3, 26, 28 says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Another hot topic is this critical race theory that's everywhere and wanting to be placed in schools do your research on it guys because I believe it's from the devil it is the philosophy that everything is racist and that white people are racist the theory claims that white people are incapable of even knowing they are racist because of their supposed privilege it claims that when a white person does a nice thing for a person of color they are only doing so for selfish benefits it holds that the U.S. society is inherent and systematically racist. And this is what the left and Democrats are trying to teach our children. And it is causing division and hatred to rise in our country. If America is so evil, why are so many minorities dying to try to get here? Nazi Germany was evil. You don't read about Jews trying to get into Nazi Germany in 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44. They were fleeing Nazi Germany. But everyone's coming here. Everyone wants to come here. But people are not thinking clearly because they're under the sway of the devil. Remind, and, and let me just share this with you. Christ referred to Satan as the prince of the air. Airwaves. Yeah. I grew up, I mean, my mother was part of the Mecha Club. Right? The 60s were terrible. We needed to, to revolt for the laws in the 60s. We get that. But I have been, I was trained thoroughly by my culture, by television, by movies, to think that I'm a victim, I'm a minority. There are bad cops, there are. There are bad plumbers and bad mechanics and there's bad everything. There's bad pastors, there's bad pastors. God says to love him and love our neighbor as ourselves. I, as a kid, I used to, it was in the punk scene too. I was in the gangster scene, the punk scene, the oldie scene. I was in every scene. But as part of the punk scene, we would, we would go to shows and see Nazi skinheads, swastikas and stuff, and we would just fight them. We would attack them. It went from fighting to really, as we got older and more gangster-like, to really more horrible things. So when I got saved, coming from that, a lot of those gangs were from Orange County. Huntington Beach skinheads, Peni skinheads. So I get saved, and I'm working in Orange County, and my spiritual mom happens to be a white lady <laughs> who ministered to me God's purposes. She invited me to Calvary Costa Mesa, and I'm just like, oh, that's just, and to myself, not to, not to Sue, not to anybody, to myself, I'll, I'll show you, I'm confessing how much of a sinner I was when I first, I'm still a sinner, but I mean, you know, 
I was so naive. I said, oh, there's just so many white people there. It's going to be, they're all conservative Republicans. It's like, oh, no. I went because God wanted me to unlearn what I had been taught by the prince of the air, that I'm a victim, and every TV show, and every movie, and every politician, they all say that they hate you because of the color of your skin. And I used to think that, oh, 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 he didn't say hi to me, he's racist. Oh, he must not like Mexicans. So she, oh, I didn't get the job, must be, you know what I mean? I thought that way. But that's how so many think that way, because Satan's tricky. We need facts, we need evidence, we need evidence. God tells us to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. He tells us it's a conspiracy against our souls. Be watchful. Coca-Cola has just come out with training videos for their employees, telling them to be less white. Listen, listen, listen. If that said less Hispanic, if that said less Asian or less black, right? This is crazy. What kind of world are we living in? Unbelievable. Steps backwards. It's divisive. It's hateful. It's racist. But people who are afraid and weak are going with it. As Christians, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. We don't... Listen. When we hear of sin in our church, we want to deal with it. That's the kind of church we, we are. If we know that someone named a brother or sister is living in sin, we're going to approach that. If we know that someone's being prejudiced, they ain't going to last two seconds here. You know what I mean? That's just the way it is. Because God has taught us. And in the scriptures, all he says is, oh, no one anything but to love them. Love, love, love. Just love. We want to love because he loved us. So he has, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither free nor slave, there is neither... So at Costa Mesa, basically, I learned that they were all very loving and accepting of me, even though I was brown. All right? I had to learn that lesson. Maybe some of you do. Maybe some of you watching need to. Trust God. Love believes all things. You know, critical race theory, that's not love believing all things. That, that, that's saying, no, no, no. I think evil of you. You're racist and you don't even know it. Yet when we go to Mexico mission trips, all I see is a desire for everyone to come here. It's just, that's how bad our country is. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I'm being sarcastic. And so the whole city was disturbed and the people ran together, seized Paul, and dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. Verse 31. Now as they were seeking to kill him, news came to the commander of the garrison that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. So, isn't that crazy? As they were thinking of killing him. No trial. No case to be heard. They are wanting to kill the Apostle Paul of Jesus Christ. They are wanting to kill him on the basis of their emotions. No facts. Let's bring the Gentile that he brought in. Where is he? No, 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 no. They are ripping him to shreds. 
This too has to deal with hot topics today. We are in a society where the mob is calling the shots. In the media's eye anyways, in politicians' eyes anyways. You are no longer innocent until proven guilty. It's the opposite. You're guilty because I heard it, I read it in social media that you were guilty. You're guilty because we think you're guilty. We're guilty. You're guilty because our emotions say you're guilty. That's not how God works. Can you imagine the Lord saying, I heard that you were guilty, so you're guilty? At the judgment throne? I heard. You know what? I didn't think you were guilty, but there's a thousand people who think you are. You're guilty. Crowds can be mustered up, guys. Broad is the path that leads to destruction, but narrow is the path that leads to life. Why are so many Christians gullible? Because our eyes are not on the Lord, but on what the media is telling us. Yeah, there's a few bad cops, but these are the, the guys that God put in our lives to protect us, period. You get rid of the bad ones, and stop talking this madness of defunding police. What is that all about? So, you know, a few pastors do bad over there. You defund the pastors. Defund the plumbers. Defund the mechanic. Mechanic ever cheat you? Ever charge you a little bit more? I don't think there's mechanics here today. So I'm good. But we're not defunding mechanics. We're just going to go to a different mechanic. If there's a law that is systematically racist, let's go fight against that. Let's go fight against that. We'll lead the charge. But if it's just one dummy here, one idiot there, the Lord will rebuke him. The Lord will handle that. Trust you, me. But let's not throw everybody away. That's not justice. That's injustice. People don't know what justice is anymore. I mean, think about it. Think about who's, who are the talking heads today. Whether it's the CDC, Dr. Fauci, politicians. These are the same politicians that want to teach our kids not to be boys and not to be girls. But all of a sudden, because they're experts in whatever they are in their field, look at the totality of their thought, if you can, a little bit more. The same people that are telling you to do this are also the same ones you know, who, who want to infiltrate our, our children in schools. We need discernment because we live in a world like Isaiah 5 verse 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We need more discernment, guys, as a church. You need it and I need it, especially as the day approaches. Jesus is coming back, and what he said in Matthew 24 was that there's going to be false prophets who are going to deceive people. It's not time to be lax in our discernment. We need to cry out for wisdom and discernment so that we're able to see what's going on. Like Marvin Gaye sang. What's going on? 
Jesus said in Matthew 10, 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Proverbs 28, verse 5 says, Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. It is hard to make judgment calls. It really is. It's hard to fight for justice, to know what justice is. But God helps us to discern when we ask him for wisdom. What is truly right in this case? What is truly right in what I'm seeing, Lord? It comes from him. He gives us that understanding. But the world, they don't understand justice the way the Lord does. The Lord says, man, things need to be established by two or three witnesses. Biblically, we need wisdom and discernment in the church. There can't just be accusations thrown at the pastor. Do you know that too? Unless two or three witnesses, you know, zip it, nothing, no case. Because God is good. He is good. He's a just God. And I know people who do wicked things in this world, they think they're going to get over on God. I know it's coming to them. I know they're not getting away with it. I'm at peace with, man, if you think you're, you're getting away with that, no, nah, you're not. Everything's going to come to light. Everything's going to be revealed. But we need discernment, and the only way I know how to get discernment is to pray, to study his word. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3 through 9, it says, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. You try to talk to a non-believer about justice, good luck. Depends how depraved they are. The more depraved, the less they understand that, hey, it was there facts to that case? Ah, forget the facts. I feel that it's wrong and a thousand people feel that it's wrong. Yeah, that doesn't, that, no, that doesn't work. Where are the facts? Where are the facts? They're going to tear Paul to shreds. They don't care about facts. We as believers should care about facts. Amen? So the commander hears about it. And immediately he took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains. And he asked, who he was and what he had done. And some among the multitude cried one thing and some another. So when he could not ascertain the truth because of the tumult, he commanded him to be taken into the barracks. When he had reached the stairs, he had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying, away with him, away with him. Wonder how much Paul thought about our Lord when he was hearing them away with him they cried out to Jesus the same thing away with him away with him Caesar is our king away with this man remember that oh to suffer like our Lord did Paul was down to, to suffer the way the Lord did the same place basically away with this man 
And I'm glad that Paul was able to take that vow with those four guys. And I'll tell you why. He had just completed the vow of dedication and full commitment to God. And then he gets hit with being almost ripped to shreds by the violent mob. It was as if God knew Paul needed some prayer separation time of purification so that he can know without a doubt that when he gets nailed by these people that he knows I love him and he knows that he's in a good place with me because the mob wants to kill him the mob wants to condemn him and the devil was probably whispering to Paul if God loves you why are they shredding you why are they tearing you apart and I felt Paul was probably really spiritually strong at this moment because of that vow and that dedication that him and these four guys did to handle that. Had he not, maybe he would have just been like totally devastated. But for the joy that was set before him, like our Lord, endured it for Jesus. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m., or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.